0: Craft Beer Radio episode
1: 422 on May 18th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio Mother's Day edition.
0: <laughs> All you mothers out there, have a great yes. Mother's Day, courtesy of Eminem.
1: Okay, um we got a bunch of beers, as usual, to taste. And to try out, so what are we starting with?
0: We have a blonde lager from Great Lakes. Seems like the logical okay. starting point.
1: So Great Lakes have provided this to us. Thank you, Great Lakes. Is... Did I say lager? Yes, I'm you meant, did. I meant blonde ale. It's called
0: Light Keeper. So that's where I got the ale okay. and my tongue it, just it, I don't know how away. light
1: it's going to be. at 6.6% alcohol by volume. Uh, 30 IBU. Let's take a look at the fact sheet because that usually gives us uh, information about what's inside of the beer. Besides of course water, there is Harrington 2 row base malt and wheat, and the hops that are used are oh Nugget and Simcoe. Well, this should be interesting.
0: It's called Lightkeeper. It's inspired by the Marblehead Lighthouse, of Great Lakes uh, oldest operating lighthouse. I've been up in that lighthouse. Oh. Up in them guts. <laughs> <laughs> Up on the balcony looking out over the bay. So the color of this is a uh,
1: strawish with kind of getting into some gold, but not quite there. It's uh, very clear. The aroma is... Uh,
0: Probably an even blend for me of a maltiness, kind of like a, um, a bread, but also a little gristy, and then kind of sure. uh, the hops are kind of you know equal parts in the aroma for me as well. And the and the hops are kind of an earthy English style hop is what I'm smelling.
1: I like the gristy thing because there's sort of a a cornmealish cornmealish kind of mm-hmm. aroma to it, or I mean, you know, ground wheat or something. But like coarsely ground, so mm-hmm. there's a, a kind of a minerally note there too. Um, this is this is a paleo. Right? I mean that's what this is.
0: It has more of that gristy um almost it almost has a bit of like a <laughs> It does seem like there's like a corn aspect to the malt mm-hmm. flavor on this. You know. I'm kinda of thinking like cream out or something like that, like the flavors that I'm tasting right off the bat.
1: See the thing is like I get immediately a uh, very phase two IPA ish hopping, but more sort of the pale ale consistency, uh so it feels a little bit
0: less um less hoppy, hm. you know. I'm not getting that much hops. I'm getting some hops.
1: The, the first thing I noticed was this big bitterness okay. and, uh, and a sulfury uh, bite. Hmm. Um, it's, it's calming down a bit, so I'm starting to notice the malt being more present than uh, my first sip. But it still is weird to call this a Blondale because it's unlike any blonde ale I've ever had.
0: I think I'm fine with it. Blondale is pretty wide category. Okay, and generally, pretty. You know, uh, it's a catch all, and many of the things that it catch are just the light standard of a brewery, right? Uh, you know, I like this one has that flavor. You know, I'm not sure what exactly is giving it what seems like a, a corn type character, because it says just Harrington and, and wheat. Wheat. Oh, wheat. I, I guess it's the wheat. It's just. Not quite coming across the same way. It's coming across yeah, a little it more gritty and not as grassy or smooth or creamy.
1: Don't use any acidulated, but they may still be doing something with the pH or, or conditioning the water in a particular way. So it's hard to say. There's definitely a sweetness that's coming mm-hmm. through. There's a little bit of, it's kind of a honey, even agave <clears throat> kind of sweetness.
0: There's a sweetness, but I remember last show we had um, some pale beer. I can't remember which one. But it was overwhelmingly sweet. Remember it kept growing on us. Yeah. Last week. You know, this one has a much better balance. Yeah, it. yeah. This yeah, one's right, much right. more drinkable.
1: Well, I, th- I think the hops are playing a role here in mm-hmm. that having that bitter, you know, pretty strong bitter notes to me that they're they're showing um,
0: right.
1: they're restraining the sweetness from getting out of control, which it could if it didn't have
0: this kind of hopping. This is the Lightkeeper Keeper Blonde from Great Lakes Brewing Company. It's a new beer from them. They just put it out yeah. about a month ago. It's part of their um, fridge, fridge filler pack.
1: They say it pairs well with salad, sushi, and clear skies. <laughs> it's at 6.6%. I mean, this is not like a beach beer. Not what you would typically expect, I would say. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of alcohol for a
0: beach Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm on the beach. (laughs) I'm looking for, you know... You pulling out a barley wine? (laughs) Not a barley wine. Probably something hoppy, though. I could see this tasting good on a really hot day, but...
1: I I mean, there's a a little bit of a viscosity thing that that when you get that high in alcohol that I don't know if it plays super well with a hot day, at least for me. Okay. But, I don't know, maybe other people have a different opinion about that I I think this I would think this is a decent pale ale if if you ask me to take it blind I don't know how I mean I guess if you're looking for for an angle to sell it you could call it a blonde ale but it's just I don't know how um how much that fits with I mean if you hear blonde ale and you drink this I don't know if that if the, yeah. that'll make a connection with you
0: okay I mean for me it it makes sense. Um, like I said, if I was going blind, I probably would have tried to peg it as a cream ale or something like that. I definitely don't consider this a pale ale. I mean, that's just my opinion. But it, for me, it's not close.
1: Well, why not? Why don't you?
0: Why? Um,
1: explain yourself, sir.
0: Sure. So, excuse me, the that gristiness in, in the malt character, that's not something that really takes me when I think of pale ale. And then the the bitterness was on the light side to me. It wasn't as apparently bitter as it sounds like you were picking up. It wasn't getting any hop flavor beyond right, just yeah. a moderate, like nice little taste there. And it was, you know, English slash spicy in there, you know. So, um, you know, for a pale ale, the water is going to, you know, it's going to be more of a velvety mouthfeel, you know, Typically, I think of a traditional English pale ale, right? Soft water.
1: I suppose. I mean, you said the blonde ale was or, a, I mean, right. a uh, catch all. Pale ale is, is, to me, like a pretty catch all category, too. Mm. So when I think about the number of beers I've had that have been called pale ales, or, you know, that would been called something else but were pale ales, like um,
0: amber ales that are really pale ales. I guess. Every pale ale I can think of is much more hop forward than this, even, okay. even like a Samuel Smith's or something like that. Fair enough. All right, so we have an IPA, we
1: have a breakfast brown,
0: another brown. brown. An IPA and a Goza. It's not an easy path to follow here. No, well, let's Let's go with the Mango IPA. Okay. So this one is.
1: Yeah, I want to get sure I have the right one up here. This is Distilled Brewery's AMRA Mango IPA. 7% 7% alcohol by volume. Uh, a West Coast IPA with mangoes added.
0: So we had a Pittsburgh listener correct my misstatement last week. They said distills not distributed in Pittsburgh. It is. By Galli Beer Company. and
1: uh, 7% uh, alcohol by volume. 60 IBU. Not looking to see any... I don't see any information on what is in it besides mangoes. Let's see if we can tell. Color is a... Amra is Sanskrit for mango. And marketing speak, marketing speak, marketing speak. No details. So they call it a West Coast IPA. I wonder if they put some of these, you know, mosaic hops in it or if they keep it sort of on a West Coast hopping. The color is a hazy orange. There's a, a good amount of head, about a fingers with a head. It smells like it could, uh, it
0: could go either way. The aroma it I, it does smell like a mosaic beer to me, but the, the the mango addition to it, I'm smelling like a really greenish, like, guess like yeah. I'm smelling green, right? that's <laughs> and, why I was the green the, is is kind of like a, a, mango peel or something like that.
1: The green made me think of pine, and so that I thought of chinook when I first. Oh, see, it, so right. I
0: was smelling a different green. I was smelling like a. Uh, underripe fruit green is what i'm smelling okay not, not smelling it right now though
1: it smells more grassy now a bit and there is some something that smells like mosaic there comes through is pretty mango the the mango flavor is Mm -hmm. um actually actually, uh nice it's it's
0: not i wouldn't say it's uh it's not like drinking mango juice it's a lot more dialed back than that
1: i wouldn't say it's super restrained but at the same time it's not like overwhelming that was just one sip
0: my first sip i was picking up this like minty thing like an evergreen or something like that or i mean a wintergreen I I think there is some,
1: um, some nugget or Simcoe or, or maybe even like tomahawk in there to to give it some kind of interesting, some some kind of bitter sulfuring note, and that sometimes can bring out the, that mint thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep getting it every t- right at the beginning of the yeah. taste, every sip. I'm getting this kind of wintergreen.
1: I I think there might be chinook in there. It's <laughs> just. It just keeps popping up in my head. Okay, Chinook is really piney. That's usually what you take from Chinook.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm getting a little bit of pine there. It's it's not super tropical like the aroma. My first sniff of the aroma led me to think it would be the um, the mango edition is definitely restrained in my opinion because I mean most I'm, tasting, mango I'm, I'm beers, tasting less
1: and less of it now.
0: Yeah, most mango beers have so much like it in. It impacts the body. It's almost like, you know, mango juice in your beer. and This one is more like aged on mango peels or something like that is how it's coming across to me.
1: There's, I'm pretty sure that's mosaic in there. It's complementing the mango pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: And there's probably some third hop in there as well has a thinner body than I would have expected for a West Coast IPA. It's not thin. It's not aqueous. It's not watery. But it's like, it's about 75 to 80% as full as as I'd expect. So it's a little little lighter body-wise.
1: I wonder if that's just some of the enzymatic uh, action from the mangoes or something. There's a bunch of different... I mean, yeah, it's at 7%. Hard to, it's, it's hard it's to a, say.
0: It really depends on the process, right? Yeah. You would probably want something... A pasteurized mango, so you have some shelf stability. Mm-hmm. You don't want, you know, mango yeast right. doing all kinds of mangoey things to your beer.
1: But I'm sure there are lots of interesting chemicals going on in mango. And who knows what's inside of there?
0: I'm not getting anything too piney. You know, maybe there is something like Chinook in there, but, you know, it keeps coming back to mosaic. It feels like it's. Just like what you expect from a mosaic beer. Well,
1: this this is nice. I, I'm I'm enjoying this as a drinker. I think that there's uh, really good flavors here. I think the mango edition is treated well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's interesting stuff to explore. There is that thing which maybe it's not shinduk, maybe it's something else, but there is some kind of greenish resiny note of the hop. So um, it feels you know 2.5 ish in terms of its hopping. Right, uh, midway through two and three, and uh, for those who don't know, of course, we, we should repeat our phase thing every three or so episodes.
0: So, um, Jeff Allsworth, uh, Allworth, who does the uh, Beervana blog, he did a thing in our, uh, his podcast also about uh, like the phases of IPA, and I don't think he ever heard what we've said about it. It was pretty similar. You know, the way he broke down three phases of IPA. Yeah. He, you know, how we differentiate between, like, the Simcoe era and the uh, Citra era right, is kind yeah. of where we draw a line. He draws the line a little bit earlier. He draws the line probably, like, after the Seahops. You know, that kind of thing.
1: That, that's about where, I mean. yeah, I think the, the, the Like after C-hops, Cascade,
0: Centennial, right. Chinook. But we, I mean... I think you're with me. We'd say there's a distinct era of delicious hops, which starts with Citra and goes through Mosaic and Galaxy and those. I would say Citra is... That's phase three, right?
1: Cit- I don't know if Citra's phase three. I think is still on the phase two-ish side. Okay. Right. It's... it's. I mean, if you're looking at like a gradient, Citra's you know, right. kind and of in, in the so middle.
0: So I, I put Citra as... You now, it's not the best example of a delicious hop, but it's the pioneer. Yeah,
1: thing. yeah. It, it's right. it's the pioneer. That, so it's that,
0: the beginning of phase three, right? Where Simcoe. Or you can know, think of
1: it as the end of phase two. I guess it's it's you know, a C sharp is a B flat, right? <laughs> or you,
0: something. You can do that. I mean, for me, it's citrus can be delicious. You know, it's and and for me, delicious is shorthand. But really, I think.
1: Well, I mean, I've had Amarillo and Simcoe beers that are delicious.
0: So that's not. Right, but when I mean delicious, part of that is. Less apparently bitter than the IBUs indicate.
1: Okay. That's where, what I, that's where I think that yeah. the real key is yeah. that there's a, there's a focus on kind of flavor in beer phase one, and that's really you know your Sierra Nevadas things like that where they uh, 60 minute where, where IPAs are really mm. you know gaining steam. Then there was a real focus on bitterness and getting a lot of IBUs and pushing a lot of those boundaries and resiny right. and stuff like that.
0: So the way I described it in like a tweet mm-hmm. to to Jeff was prehistory to the ibu wars is phase one right and then the flavors but like less restrained flavors were phase two so tomahawk zeus simcoe and simcoe and friends is a really good way to describe that simcoe is kind of the champion of that family right and then phase three is the i called them as shorthand delicious hops but a big part of delicious hops is less apparently bitter. Right. Right? People, oh I don't like IPAs because they're too bitter. Try this Citra beer. And Citra's the first one. But there's better examples of that. Yeah. Try this Mosaic beer, try this Galaxy beer, try this Motuika beer, try this Azaka beer. And um Yeah you know, so that's 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 how I would draw the the three and phases. It,
1: it, it should also be noted that there's phase three is kind of splitting off into two directions. There's sort of the standardish ones and there's this new england variety which is more punchy up front and uh and fresh is, is a real very very important factor because it's the, the the quality on it fades quickly in terms of what you're wanting to get out of the beer it's yeah. almost it's almost a different style
0: or a an appendage style yeah i wouldn't go that far i wouldn't call them a different style um they can still. I don't think they're distinct enough to be their own style.
1: I, I mean, to to me, it's like evolution, right? And there's there's a clade that's being pushed sure. off here. There's this, you know, we got this IPA thing, and there's this New England IPA, and there's this tropical IPA, and they they both share the same, um, you know, the the same father, and they could probably still inter interbreed at this point, but at some point, they're going to get far enough away from each other. That they're going to...
0: Right, right. But for my phase, right, you know, the, the, the hallmark for this phase is less apparently bitter. uh uh-huh. Right? So you get these huge hop flavors, but it's not making you pucker, right? So less... You know, the IBUs are there, but they don't taste like old IBUs. Right. Right. And to me, that's the main thing. And... Maybe it's a bad term. Maybe I need to stop using it. I thought "delicious" was a good shorthand, but maybe it's not the.
1: It's, it's delicious yeah. is too okay
0: bad yeah. shorthand. Yeah. Let's uh, go straight into the other IPA. Oh, okay. Well, this one's uh, from Dave Martin City Brewing Company. Um, the name. It's a red IPA. It's called "Banging the Enemy." So
1: apparently they have a beer called um, "Marrying the Enemy," married to the enemy, or married to. Is that what it's called? I think that's what you said earlier. It's, it's on the back of, of the can. It says okay. not to be confused
0: with. All right, I'll look as soon as I'm done pouring here. I oh, like I pull up the can. like am I reading that right? I'm like, Banging the enemy." It's pretty
1: clear. I mean, it's not like it's in a, bad, yeah. a weird font. It's just. Yeah, I just don't like that. You didn't think that what's his name was going to approve that. <laughs>
0: No, I just don't like the misogynistic type beer labels with the, the lady in the high heels and the lingerie on the label right, there. Right. Well, like I mean, that, so. it's like uh, a boys
1: game at some point,
0: at certain points. Yeah, let's see, not to be confused. Where's that at? Bottom. Bottom of the description. Oh, Married to the Enemy.
1: Okay, so this is a lot more uh, copperish, a lot more in the sort of a, a darker territory. No information on their website about this beer, but do have some information from Rate Beer. It's 6.8% 65 IBU, called a Red IPA, and apparently it's got a vienna base malt.
0: Mmm, it smells good. The aroma... And mosaic hops. It smells really good So the, the malt is really punchy here And it's a sweeter It's not like bread crust or anything like that It's much sweeter But still has kind of It's not really caramelly It's not really toffee-like It's glazed bread It's mm. um I'm Trying to a think cookie-like Cookie-like, yeah, there you go
1: A little bit, maybe like a Fig Newton ish kind of okay thing going on because
0: there, there's a little and the hops are poking through yes. as well, and there's they're little... kind of giving you this like candied hop type aroma.
1: And there's a stone fruitish quality coming off of it, which Mosaic can sometimes give. Mosaic mm-hmm. isn't always just mango,
0: right? Oh, this smells really good. More toffee in the flavor. Yeah,
1: it feels kind of like a a young ale instead of an old ale. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the flavor where it was more like a glazed bread. This the flavor they were almost more like a glazed bread. This goes into more of a toffee type aroma, and um, not too much bitterness. At least not in the first sip.
1: No, there's a decent amount of hops. Uh, I'm still getting the this, this stone fruit stuff. There's like. There's, like, plums in here. And I think that's the Vienna malt probably mm-hmm. mixing with the
0: uh, the mosaic cups <coughs> Yeah, there's, um, you know, I'm looking at the different stone fruits. I'm getting a touch of peach. I'm getting a little bit of, um, what are those other ones called? Nectarine. Nectarine, yeah. Getting nectarine. I'm like, the one's like halfway between a peach and a plum. What is that? I like this a lot. This is,
1: um, I I like the way that this taste complements the alcohol content. Mm -hmm. You can, you can taste the, the alcohol coming off that, but it works with, with the, um, with what's going on here in the beer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't go to red IPAs very often. Uh, I can't name very many that I like. I remember having a stone one about a year ago, but it was one with, like, Pecco hops, right? And it was, like, super experimental. Mm-hmm. And that one had a really interesting hop flavor, which kind of took over the beer. This one's much more straight-laced. And I, I enjoy how the, um, how the Vienna malt... Vienna malt is not coming across like a Vienna lager or any kind of German beer. It's coming across much more estuary it's coming well, from the yeast but you know it's a parting you know like it's making vienna taste different than vienna yes, yeah and so this more estuary thing this this fruit thing but there's maybe just something a little like clover in there or something in there as like well you know a little flowery that um livens it up you get this kind of toffee hit you know like um I can't think of the name of the candies right now, but like Heath, Heath bar is the toffee Werther's original I'm trying to, they're kind of like butterscotch though, aren't they? Or yeah, Werther's. right. I'm, I don't know. Or, what... No, I guess they're not. They're just like caramels or something. I don't know
1: what, what the word is. i just trying to,
0: yeah, I'm thinking of something that's a little more like dark and like, you know, roasty toffee, you know, um, I'm trying to think there's like, give me a clue. Give me, give me something, something else. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna enjoy this, and while I do, uh, let's talk about. It's... It's... There's, there's. Oh, you and want... what you doing? I'm just pulling up Slack. Okay. I um, I kind of was thinking this because our last show we did, there was it wasn't it was kind of a disappointing show for me. There wasn't okay. a lot of of great stuff happening. Now, we've had some fantastic shows recently, so it, it may have been something of an outlier, but it got me thinking about...
0: Oh, you mean about the... We didn't have any, like, beers that were like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm Yeah. It was more of a slog, okay. Yes.
1: And, of course, the big news going on now, and everyone is... 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 consternated about this whole... Losing
0: their shit, I think is the technical term.
1: With... Anheuser-Busch buying Wicked Weed and then this hop story, which is kind of a non-story, but people still... Are...
0: The hop story, for people that don't know, is Modern Times put out a series of tweets saying that um, a bunch of the South Ameri- South African hops are going to be taken off the open market because Anheuser-Busch owns the farms and they're only going to make them available to uh, partner breweries. right?
1: Which I get it. It sucks. It's, it's, it's their prerogative. But it's their I mean, it's their farms, and if if that's what they want to do, then that's
0: the, what the story is. Is like they're burning acres of hops instead of selling it on the market. That's the story, in my opinion. They're trying to keep it, you know, locked down. <laughs> right.
1: Whereas now it's just they're they're keeping it for their breweries, and, and it's and instead of selling it to the open market. But it's their prerogative, and and it does mean that there are some hops that people can't get anymore. But that's the road you go down when you have uh, such a lively hop industry that is making all types of different hops. There are some that are now
0: going to be only available to certain brewers. Yeah, you know, I mean, look at look at the proliferation of amazing hops that have come out in the last right. five years. We're probably still in like the the beginning yeah. curve of hop production i mean not 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 like production numbers but uh breeding you know i i can't see hop breeding slowing down anytime soon mm-hmm. so my big issue is one of the
1: my big rant is about how the issue of is spelt of shelf space always comes up when we talk about big brewers and that's what a lot of the rallying cry is against why why we don't want these brewers bought up by big brewers. And I look at... A sh- I go to a, a store and look for some beers today, and I have a hard time finding good beer. And it's not because the shelf space is dominated by
0: Anheuser-Busch. You can see plenty of beers made by small breweries. Yes.
1: I have 20 breweries within driving distance of me right now. And not all of them were good and the idea that well <laughs> it it just seems like there's a huge proliferation of crap and this is what killed the video game industry in the eighties this is uh, what hurt the the first coming of craft beer in in the 90s uh, if not you know almost killed it um. Quality
0: is probably better than then, but our expectations are higher
1: too. Much. And when you are talking, and and remember that beer doesn't have to compete just with beer now. It has to compete with spirits and, and other alcoholic things and soon marijuana. And it has to stay good in order to keep being available, keep being the kind of stuff you enjoy. And the proliferation of stuff out there is not all good, mm-hmm. and I understand being like, "Well, we got to fight for craft brewery," but if you know, and, and, and this craft attitude, but the craft
0: movement itself is putting out crap. So I, I'm with you, but how fast do things change? Because what was it a year ago? I kind of did an editorial about where have all the bad beers gone, <laughs> right? Do you remember that mm-hmm. we we're talking about how like we hardly get like other than like production flaws, we ha- hardly get shitty beer, and maybe maybe that's it. Maybe there's a difference between shitty and unexciting. Maybe um,
1: if the new normal starts to be, I mean, like there's beers that we have and they're fine. And and there are beers we have that are exceptional. And it's true that we're going to be, you know, we're a little bit jaded. We're going to be more impressed with the exceptional stuff. But I can't imagine somebody going into one of these stores now and being like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what to buy because it's confusing and some of the stuff is going to be pretty crappy. I know there's stuff from, like, uh, that I see on the shelves and I don't know anything about it and I don't expect it to be good. And that is not the... I remember going into like D's and thinking, wow, look at this shelf full of stuff that I bet is all going to be great. Mm -hmm. And I see now, (laughs) I don't see that situation. Is it just me or is it the industry? And if it is the industry, then maybe some consolidation is in order.
0: It's it's interesting times. So I uh, yesterday Heather and I went out on a bit of a pub crawl for anniversary. Drop the kids off, and we started at Cellarworks Brewing Company up in Sarver, Pennsylvania, near Freeport, where Heather's parents live. And they just opened less than two months ago. Mm-hmm. So my expectations were a new brewery that is going to have some need some time to get up to speed. Holy shit, they like I tasted everything they had and my only like feedback was that the um the Belgian double was more cocoay and not enough not enough stone fruity. But they had a kolsch that was really good kolsch. They had um
1: I mean people are going into the in, into the industry now with a lot yeah. more experience But
0: you know these aren't they- like brewers who've gone start their own thing. This is a home brewer turned pro. But at the
1: same time, but, there's a lot more information oh, on there how information. to make.
0: But you know, know, no, Silverworks Brewing Company, like they hit the ground running. I was talking with um, the owner and the assistant brewer. Uh, the owners, the ownership is the husband and wife. The wife was there. The husband was at beers of the Berg yesterday. And the assistant brewer was there. And these guys are serious. Like they don't want to be compared as like the best brewery in Butler County. They want to be in the conversation with Jester King and Hill Farmstead.
1: Good. I I, I hope that more breweries seek that out because that's Mm -hmm. what you're
0: looking for. That's It's like winning the lottery, but I mean that's their goal, right? And the stuff I tasted yesterday, Mm -hmm. I I can see them becoming a destination brewery. I mean, it was as good as the Brew Gentlemen. Good. And yeah, I was super excited for them that doing this. And we stopped at a brewery in between the two. And you might have seen on my Twitter, I didn't really mention their beers yesterday. <laughs> they were exactly what I expected for a brand new brewery. Mm-hmm. Everything tastes about the same, <laughs> and none of it's all that exciting, right?
1: And and that is <clears throat> that is the problem that was facing beer when we started the show was that there was a lot there were a lot of those out there, and then beer got exciting, and now we're back to that again. Mm-hmm. So we're going in, in some sort of waves, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't. Blame somebody for picking up a check at this point, especially if your brewery has been around for for 20 years and you're looking around you and you're seeing things being bought up and I was mentioning uh, when we were listening to something else before the show just just do a little bit of game theory right Just think okay there are 20 like I said there are 20 breweries around mm-hmm. you right now and you're one of them. So you're one of 20 breweries. You can all agree to not be bought by AB, but you don't know that's going to be the case forever. So if AB comes to you, do you say no, thinking that all 19 are going to ignore that, ignore the same offer, or do you say yes? I mean, it's a tough choice, and I understand those who aren't, who who are taking that option because y- you don't know if you not accepting that offer is going to be the thing that that drives you under in two years.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't have much to add to that. Um, it's 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 the growth
1: of the market is slowing. That that we yes. know
0: is is true. The growth of new breweries isn't slowing yet. Right. There's a lag. Mm -hmm. People have been working on their project for five or six Mm -hmm. years, and they're getting ready to open. And the sun's not as bright. Right. That's got to be scary.
1: It does. It does have to be scary. And, you know, once a project has a certain inertia, it's hard to slow it down or redirect it. Yep. All right. What's next? Another beer Dave
0: sent home with his parents. Imperium Brewing Company's Third Stone Brown Ale
1: All right 5.3% alcohol by volume 13 IBU The malts that are used are Two Row Caramel 60 Midnight Wheat and Biscuit Biscuit And the hops uh, Good old classic Willamette
0: Lincoln, Nebraska this beer is Best Buy May, so getting to it just in time.
1: The color is a brown, darkish brown with some sort of toffee ish highlights.
0: Yeah, like, uh, like dark stained cherry wood is what it looks like to me. The aroma has a big cocoa nose to it. Almost smells portery. If I was blindfolded, I would say.
1: I'm happy not to smell any acetone or things like that. I've come to sort of expect that on <laughs> oh, some
0: dark beers. On dark beers, yeah. You know, for some reason, the chemical reactions on old dark beers, you know, not, I don't know. They seem to pick up that you know that infection a little bit easier than than most beers. I don't know why it's
1: the case. Maybe some chemist can uh, can inform
0: us. That smells perfectly clean. I'm enjoying the aroma. Like I said, it smells a little more roasty and cocoa-y than you would expect for your average brown ale, but not too far out of line. Body's a little on the thin side
1: which has. according to so i don't know whether right, here, here's the the first line of their marketing a myth-shattering ale that proves all dark beers don't have to be filling okay so here's the question just come out that way and they decided to, to market <laughs> it as as not as that or is that mm-hmm. their design
0: store and surf cool below 40 degrees nothing no, thank you. no below 40 degrees it tastes like a nice sickle
1: so we are drinking this at 61.5 degrees take that
0: Imperium Brewing Company
1: well that well, that's the surface so it's probably around 57 or 56 that's Fahrenheit and for those of you who are curious cause I don't want to do the math myself 16 point three degrees Celsius
0: So this one doesn't have much hops or bitterness really to it. I mean, the bitterness is balancing, but you know you're kind of getting some bitterness from the roast malts in there as well. Uh, I'm not really getting anything tri- you know specifically oh. attributed to the hops for the flavor, I think like that. And then the malt flavor is, is kind of a little more roasty than you'd expect for a brown ale. Uh, brown porter, you know, it's kind of in line for that. Even even a little more roasty than a brown porter, but it's not quite robust porter territory. <laughs> I think I would put this in a brown porter category. Yes, I agree. Because for a brown ale, I'd want a little more breadiness, a little more maltiness, just a little bit to round out the flavor a little bit.
1: And I want the the viscosity. Mm-hmm. i I feel like that's missing. I understand where they're going in in the well, sense I mean, that
0: think of Newcastle right i mean this right, is yeah. probably in line body wise as Newcastle. Yes.
1: which it's can app- which which Newcastle, can appeal though. to people and 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 as a uh as a stepping stone beer this might be a a decent example like I think Heather would probably enjoy this beer not necessarily as much as as her you know her big stouts, but she would right. probably she probably wouldn't think oh this beer is, is
0: gross I don't think this would be malting enough for her. I think that the thinness the, you know I know, I know her drinking habits and yeah this isn't mm-hmm. but you know <laughs> her favorite beer right now is uh, Epic's Big Bad Baptist their Imperial Stout <laughs> that, I haven't that, tried that, it, that's her favorite beer right now it's been on tap a bunch of places around town lately. I bet she'd
1: like Dark Lord like she the, probably the, really, would. the really viscous one that we <laughs> probably
0: had. would like Dark Lord
1: <laughs> so you should tell her about Dark Lord Day.
0: Went to Brew Gentleman yesterday and they didn't have anything that wasn't yellow. Yeah. So she was like, oh. So she had um uh, they have uh um can't think of the name of the cider place right now. Um Arm Oh my god. Armistice Armitage Am- uh, Arsenal. Arsenal Arsenal. Um so she was drinking she's a Brugents. And she's drinking cider because. Well, I
1: mean, well, they have it there, so. Right. There's a reason they have it
0: there. And I mentioned to the bartender, Mike, you know, my wife's disappointed that you don't have anything black on the menu. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Hold on. That's not exactly how I worded it.
1: <laughs> there there was a tweet you put out, and I was going to reply to it with something almost like scathing or very, very sarcastic that I didn't. <laughs> uh, you, you put out this tweet. There were no stouts for. Heather um, at Brew Gentleman's hour now we're at Voodoo Home and there's nobody here since there are no TVs for pens. It was
0: dead. It was so, there was like eight people in the place because the Penguin game was on. So my first idea for a tweet was, was something like,
1: um, this is white privilege, the tweet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would
1: and, and the tweet that I almost put was, um, the true pain and struggle you go through every day is what I appreciate most about this tweet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You should have put up one of those. I wouldn't have been offended by it. I mean the point was I'm it just felt saying too we're... mean. So that's oh. why I, I said like well, the radio's a thing.
1: <laughs> in case you were like, Well we gotta get out of here to watch the Pens game.
0: No, I, I wasn't did it sound like I was complaining that I couldn't watch the Pens game?
1: That's what it felt I mean that's what no, that's how I I, read I was
0: it. saying Voodoo is dead. Like uh, I've never been in Voodoo on a Saturday night I... and, and not have to like wait in like a twenty minute line to get beers. And there was like eight people there. It was insane that you know hipsters watch the Penguins too. Apparently,
1: I guess so. Well, I mean, the whole town is 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 involved. I guess so. Um, Should we throw on the music here? Let's do. I finally got this music. Yay! Um, Do you want to hear uh, two jaded old guys talk more about how disappointed they are with the free beers they get?
0: Come on, we're not that mean. <laughs> we're fair. We're tough but fair. Um, the best way to help out the show,
1: yeah. The best way is to uh, go to when you want to shop for something you want to get it online, go to craftbeerradio slash Amazon. That will bring you right to Amazon.com, but with our referral link, which means that we get
0: 6% of whatever you purchase. Or if you guys are, like, really busy in a month, we could get 7%. Yeah, and that and that and you don't pay any extra. So
1: that would just be money just going to Jeff Bezos for his dumb space travel shit. Not important at all. <laughs> no, or, or the Washington Post, right? We know. Things like... Uh, defending democracy with 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 uh, um, with, with journalism but no there, instead there's a,
0: there's a new angle Trump supporters use craftbeerradio.com slash amazon <laughs> so the washpo doesn't get any money that's right yeah yeah so yeah keep
1: keep your money away from the Washington Post by going to craftbeerradio.com slash amazon Thank you. It all helps. It really does. Thanks so much.
0: <laughs> now our liberal listeners are like, oh, they can die.
1: <laughs> okay. So we have uh, two beers left. I didn't bring out a dump bucket this time. Just I, just for our, uh, not, we're not dumping anything so far, just usually. We like got the drinks. little
0: mini dump buckets right here. Oh, yeah cans are great for emptying out your rinse water you know uh, yeah, let's break up the brown nails with yeah. this goza so right. uh, I bought this at the beer distributor which is still getting six packs at the beer distributor is still like a crazy novel isn't thing. it great they had one six or of dogfish heads sequent jail. it's a recession sour uh, black limes and other interesting things are in this
1: I feel like we've done this before I, just, I feel
0: like it. Okay.
1: Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know that we have. I just feel like it. 4.9% uh, Aquaboy volume. I mean, I know that I've seen this picture of Sam before. Oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> on every page, isn't it? Probably. 4.9% um, Aqua volume, 10 IBU, uh, lime peel, black lime, and sea salt, as Jeff said.
0: I'm going to search for this. If you must... I mean, unless we did it in the last couple weeks. And I've completely forgot about it. We haven't done it. Alright, so the thing is a Goza. So it's this cloudy straw-colored, with a big shaving cream head. and it crackling away. The aroma.
1: If you ever want to to look for a beer that we've done, you can go to our... uh, Go to craftyberry.com. Um... I would suggest you do this in Firefox instead of Chrome to look at the XML. But if you go to the – you can click on the uh, thing that says um, RSS or, or – what does it say? This is RSS or feed or something like that. Okay. It's the XML document. And then you can just search in there for whatever you're looking
0: so, for. So you know what might be better is, mm-hmm. is we publish a sitemap. To Google. So it tells them where all our episode pages are. Okay. So if you do in your Google search, site colon craftyradio.com space Dark Lord, should come up with the page where we the episode where we did Dark Lord. Dark Lord, one word probably won't work. Well, however it's typed out. However it's typed but out. But Google's smart. They can help you figure that out.
1: Okay, so i give getting lime. Pretty much, mm-hmm. foremost. On, on
0: I mean, the aroma. lime is is it's an interesting lime room to me. You know, it's it's engaging. I'm trying to come up with more because it's it's like.
1: Did you mention the color yet? Yes. Yeah, straw hazy.
0: I'm trying to figure out. Like like I'm smelling this, and it's not reminding me of like mojito. It's not reminding me. You know, they use the black lime. And they have the lime peel. But like for some reason I would smell this and it's like that's that's interesting and I'm having a hard time figuring out why. So what's black limes? What are they? They have black flesh, don't they? I believe so.
1: I imagine do they do. Oh it's dried limes. Oh, okay. So um I imagine just like a, a raisin or something like that, they they uh the the they become more intense okay. and, and more like a deeper kind of flavor where you know raisin does a grape or a prune does that from a plum or a dried apricot or something like okay.
0: that. Okay. So I mean, I'm smelling I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't figure out words for this one. You have anything? Help me. Well, I started to
1: taste it, so it wouldn't be fair.
0: Okay. I like the smell though. Um,
1: it's typical of a goza in terms of its uh, slight tartness and, and um, saltiness. It has the extra bit of lime to give it some additional sourness, but uh some of the some of the characteristic tartness of the lime uh the isn't isn't there so much. Yeah, it's
0: not as acidic, huh? Right. It's at least the lime part. There's not as much citric acid in here. But it has more of a lime character. But it's also not like key lime pie. Right. You know, it's not... Key lime is really sweet. Yeah, it's not that super sweet thing. So it's, you know, it's kind of this weird mix where it's limey, but it's not citrusy, and it's not sweet and, like, meringue-like or, you know, pie-like or anything like that.
1: If I were having some tacos, this would be great with it. Anything mm-hmm. where, where a lime juice would make, you know, is the right sourness to to bring out the the flavors you want. In addition to, of course, the salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this probably go really well with, with Mexican food. Really well with... Um... This is a
0: very, like, umptious beer. Yes. Like, like, you drink this and it just makes you want to take another sip. It's... It's like the epitome of drinkable. <laughs> in the, with salt, the salt and everything salt plays right? a role in that too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I mean, this is like one of the most drinkable. They call it sea quench. It's also very quenching, and uh, yeah, they put some voodoo into the spirit of making. Now they're yummy.
1: they're calling it not a goza but a Berliner Weiss.
0: Oh, okay. Forgive me for, but you know, I mean, they use salt, so exactly. it's the same.
1: I mean, what is a Berliner? What is a goza but a Berliner Weiss name is salt?
0: I'd have to get out the books and figure out if there's another nuance. I think the ingredients are close enough that they're the same. They're both kettle soured. Right. And the Goza adds salt. Might be missing something. Someone's screaming Mm -hmm. at their radio right now. You know, as you drink it. Wait a minute. Waiting a minute.
1: Okay. Let me let me expand upon what, what I read here. We begin by brewing a straightforward Kolsch with lots of wheat and Munich malt. Then we brew a salty goza with black limes, coriander, and our sea salt. We followed up with a citrusy tart Berliner Weiss made with lime juice and lime peel. All three beers are then blended together in the fermentation tank. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it does. That's a lot of work. But if there's one thing Dogfish Head is known for, it's doing a lot of work to, to make their beers. Well, what was the uh, first one they did?
0: Uh, the Kolsch. The Kolsch. All kind of the same they, base. But they blend it in the fermentation tank, so you're not going to get any necessarily Kolsch fermentation attributes. Right, right. And when you taste the Kolsch, it's... The fermentation The fermentation is... The the Fifty percent of what? Yeah, you're you're getting.
1: So you're just brewing sort of a couple of base beers and then putting them all together.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Come, you know, you can't really argue with the results though. No. Now, as I'm drinking this, it does. It feels more like a beer cocktail than a than a beer. I think. It's very. I mean, the custom lime is so. You know, so concentrated. Such a. And such a main part of the show, that and I'm not, I'm not, 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 not knocking it. I'm fine with beer cocktails, uh, you know. But that's how it's coming across for me.
1: I do like this, um, this line here. Releasing just in time for the 500th anniversary of the Rhin Heights uh, it both commemorates and disintegrates the, anti- <laughs> <laughs> the art censorship law. Because yeah, the Reinheits Heights for those who aren't aware, is the German purity law. Uh, that says that five hundred years ago, that beer uh, could only be water, barley, and hops. They didn't even know we
0: have a yeast then. It was amended later to add yeast to it. Right. I think the main intention was to keep things that are poisonous.
1: Yeah, it, it was more. It. I mean, it was more like a, a proto FDA in mm-hmm. a sense. It, it was they saying you can't call it beer unless it's only made with this. Right. Which makes it kind of silly that people, like, worship it and and are like, we, we follow this rule to the letter to these days where I kind of agree with the Dogfish Head interpretation, which is, yeah, that was then. Now we can do a lot more with stuff. So mm-hmm. while while you can do plenty with just those four ingredients, the stuff you can do, the, the space of things you can do with more ingredients is overflowing.
0: Yeah. I remember when I was learning about beer for the first time, it, it really shocked me that, you know, those four ingredients could be so versatile. Right. It, it is surprising. But, yeah, there's no reason to honor and rever um, using, you know, only four ingredients. So any place that, you know, makes kabut qualified beers I mean, that are outside of Germany are doing it for a marketing reason. Right. That's really good. A, like I said, you know, it's that has a bit of a beer cocktail type flavor because it's so right. fruity. But it's so well integrated.
1: The lime doesn't really come across as overpowering. Yeah.
0: The beer is put together. Yeah. And that is delicious. Alright, last beer, another Dave beer. Kansas Territory. We've had them on the show a couple times recently. This one's our time portal. It's a breakfast brown ale. So I presume we're going to have to find some coffee in here. 12 IBU, 6,
1: uh 6.4% is the alcohol by volume. Washington, Kansas. This smooth beer gives you reason to wake up in the morning. <laughs> Do you really be like, man, <laughs> I wouldn't wake up if it wasn't for... The beer I'm
0: going to have. I'm pretty sure it's more your circadian rhythms than the beer. But
1: well, well, you're saying yeah. they're giving reason
0: you a reason. Of... yes, Not a how. This is a why. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, some chocolate notes on this. So there's uh, another dark uh, brown with uh, brownish highlights.
0: Not smelling coffee.
1: I'm not smelling coffee either.
0: It's smelling portery, roasty.
1: I don't know. They don't mention anything about uh, about coffee or oatmeal or anything mm-hmm. on either website. I'm, or,
0: maybe yes. I'm getting a little bit of a steelyotiness in the aroma. I'm also getting like a woody, like almost like a mesquite or like a light mesquite or beechwood or something like that.
1: I mean on their website the only description they have is other than that other thing is that uh, a dark ale with notes of chocolate and honey. And not even really uh, other than some chocolate uh, aroma things, it's not really
0: detecting uh like actual chocolate. Are you getting anything that's kind of smoke smoky? I mean, like not like a little not, not Roush beer, but a little. Kind of yeah. like a little bit of like musky chips or but something. But that could like be
1: that. anything from like patent malt to Oh,
0: sure. I'm not talking about how it was made I'm talking How how the how the aroma Arrived at my nostrils Just right. that the aroma Is there Is all I'm talking Again,
1: about Again no, Not house Wise <laughs> <laughs> uh, On their um, On their Bottle They have a Description On on the label that says Come visit us In Washington Kansas Our tap house And brewery Always welcome you To stop by And say hi so do that.
0: And leave immediately.
1: Yeah. Hi.
0: Right. <laughs> no. Out of here. All right. So moving on to the flavor of this beer. I would say there's oats in here. It has a very um, kind of full mm. and slick body mm-hmm. to it. definitely has a character of oats. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> as soon as I taste it, it's like, okay, there's that slickness mm-hmm. for sure. Um,
0: no, it gives you a nice, solid platform. Um, the beer is a bit chewy, and it's uh, smooth, creamy,
1: I'm getting a uh, a uh, this trinity that that reminds me of like black patent or something that that's smoked some peaty quality that yeah uh, there's
0: definitely a smoky character yeah. that's coming through as well um a lot for this kind of beer right well, it doesn't quite have a like a roush beer it has a, a bit of a rusticness to it like you could imagine this almost like trying to replicate like uh, direct fire, open kettle, right, right Stein beer, something like that is kind of like this feels historical to me. Kind of the the little rusticness and the flavor <sighs> of.
1: I, I I like that caramelized quality. sugars yeah, and things it, like it, that. It, I like that note that you're calling rustic. I I, I think that it it I think is a good note. And I think it, it um, it feels it makes the beer more interesting than if it were. If It didn't have those qualities, and it may have felt more just kind of standard and Mm -hmm. and one note ish. But this definitely has interesting things to it that I'm enjoying
0: tasting. Yeah, this is, I like this. This is good, uh, very satisfying. Yeah, there might be a little bit of lactose in here too. As I'm drinking it, it might be filling out. Could be some milk stout in here as well. You're
1: not wrong. I mean, there's definitely there, there's some sweetness in it that I mm-hmm. caught, especially at the end there, especially once yeah. you said it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's what's rounding it out because an oatmeal stout by itself is going to be pretty stringent towards the end, mm-hmm. and this one finishes so soft that I think they put some lactose in here yeah, too. Yeah, I
1: don't taste any like whiskey or bourbon or anything like that. Um, any vanilla note seems to be coming directly from the. I don't think it's it's added. Um, How can it be a breakfast
0: beer without whiskey and bourbon?
1: Right. <laughs> I don't think there's chocolate added to this beer. Um, what else is in like breakfast stouts?
0: I think coffee would be coffee. The, right, coffee yeah. would be the main right. thing. Which this one Dis- apparently I don't, is I don't really coffee. taste
1: coffee at all. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I think it's oats and milk stuff yeah. and lactose sugar.
1: Oats and milk, man. Oats and milk.
0: Excuse
1: me. Good breakfast. Okay. Well, it's ranking time.
0: Sounds like a plan to me. Hmm. I don't know. This one's going to be... I know what's at the top. I know what's next to the one at the top. Right. The, I do too. The bottom four, I'm not so sure about... I've gone first for quite a few shows in a row. If you'd like to take a stab, if you're ready. Yeah, okay. Uh, let me put this
1: down, and actually then you can take the... You can. I'll do that. You can write them. Okay, so... Let's see. Right, that and then that one. I assumed I got one and two correct for you. Yeah, you did. Okay... Yeah. All right. The Great Lakes, kind of uh, that, and I'm thinking that's probably my my order here. So in last place, I'm going to put the the third stone, brown, which kind of just because of its thinness, I realize that that's uh, uh, you know that's what they were intending and what they were going for, uh, but. It didn't uh, didn't quite knock my socks off, and neither did the Great Lakes Lightkeeper. Really, uh, I enjoyed it for what it was, uh, which was different than what I expected based on the label. And uh, I still call it. Kind of, I still think it's kind of a pale ale ish, but maybe if I have more, I will change my mind on that. Jeff makes a good argument for it not being a pale ale. In Fourth place, I'm going to put the uh, red IPA from Martin City, which I thought was uh, kind of neck and neck with the distill. And, you know, there was that toffee thing on, on the Martin City, and there's the, the mango in the distill. And I think I could have gone either way on this one. And I'm just going to put the, the distill uh, in third place. I, I don't really know. I just think it might have been a little bit more... Um, maybe maybe it was just the mosaic. Maybe it just the mosaic hops that pushed it over for me. In second place, Kansas Territory. This one that we're drinking right now, really good. Uh, and, of course, in first place, that Dogfish Head was... Uh,
0: I'm with you 100%, buddy. Uh, the third stone, you know, the, t- they wanted to make a brown ale that was light in body. mm mm-hmm. It was too light in body for me. I wanted a little more chewiness in my brown nails. Um, Like a little more breadiness, bread pudding, things like that. Where this one was also a little more cocoa y, Mm -hmm. that brown porter thing going on. That by itself wasn't enough to knock it down to the bottom, but the body was. I'm going to put the light keeper in fifth place like you did. Uh, It was enjoyable. But it's a Blondale, you know. There's not too many times where you're going to rank your Blondale in the top half of the sh- of the rankings. It's just it's gonna have to be something super special to do that. That's gonna have to change your paradigm on Blondales to do that. Yes. Uh, third place, uh, it's just like you. Uh, third and or fourth and third, really t- kind of a toss up. Uh, the Martin City, the Distill. I'm gonna put the distill slightly ahead. The Martin City, I kinda of liked the 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 you know, the uh, the richness of the malts. The, the Vienna in that, malt stuff. The Vienna malts. Um, you know, something I just thought of, which I didn't mention when we were tasting, but there's a, a slight bit of nuttiness in there too, I think. Sure. That uh, is probably a good way to describe what was going on there. Uh I liked it. I'm gonna put the distill slightly ahead of it. You know, the mosaic, you know, how can you not... The
1: mango was integrated yeah.
0: really well with it, too. And I, I actually, it had
1: extra flavors, too. It wasn't just
0: mango yeah. that you got out of it. I probably would have liked to see a little more mango, actually. And, you know, it's... it's it, You know, I kind of give them... I applaud them for using restraint. I kind of give them credit. I was going to say that. I kind of give them credit for not going overboard on mango. Right. Uh, it's hard to criticize someone for not using enough mango in a beer. Uh, I probably would have liked a little bit more, nonetheless. Uh, in second place, Kansas Territory, this breakfast uh, brown ale that they have. This, yeah, this is a well put together beer. Good drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Speaking of drinkers, that Sea Quench was like, it was like hacking drinkability. Yeah. Like it, it pulled, it knew which notes to pull in our taste buds to like put together one of the world's most drinkable beers. Definitely did. Definitely did.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) I wish everyone had a happy Mother's Day. It's probably going to be released. Who knows when, but not on Mother's (laughs) Day. We're doing this
0: on Mother's Day. They're used to living in the past when they listen to us. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. We really do appreciate it. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information on that. If you want to contact us, we have uh, an email. That's beer at craftbeerradio.com. We have a Twitter, at craftbeerradio. Individually, I'm at Jeff Bear, At CBR Greg. And we still have the self-addressed stamp envelope thing. That's that right. So if you want to send in a self-addressed stamped envelope. Ma. So- To Craft Beer Radio If you go uh, Sorry Go to CraftBeerRadio.com Look for the uh, Donations page Where you can send The the beers Like it has my address And send your Self-addressed stamped envelope To that address And uh, we'll send you back Something in the Self-addressed stamped envelope Yes we
1: will Hopefully you'll like it I think it's pretty cool
0: Yeah I finally got dialed in So I'll be able to get these out You know we have a few people That have been waiting for a while But it's going to pay off Real soon
1: Thanks, everybody.